you wouldn't mind remain standing. It is a bit of a lengthy passage, but amen. I believe God wants to speak to us here today. He's already done a work, amen, but he wants to confirm it in somebody's spirit. This is time, and speaking to Samuel, Samuel was just a young child at this time, but says the boy Samuel, he ministered to the Lord before Eli. Eli was the priest at that time at the temple. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. It came to pass at that time that while Eli was lying down in his place, and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see, and before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was, and where Samuel was lying down, that the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, here I am. So he ran to Eli. and He said, Here I am, for you called. Eli said to him, I did not call you. Go and lie down. So he went and he laid down. And the Lord called yet again. He said, Samuel. So Samuel arose and he went to Eli. And he said, Here I am, for you called me. He answered, I did not call my son. Lie down again. Now, Samuel did not yet know the Lord. For it was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. In other words, he was not familiar with the voice of God yet. But the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And so he arose and he went to Eli and he said, Here I am, for you did call me. And Eli perceived now, after the third time, that the Lord had called the boy. So Eli gave Samuel these instructions. He said, Go and lie down and it shall be that if he calls you, that you must say, Speak, Lord your servant hears. And so Samuel, he went down and he laid in his place. And the Lord came once again and he stood and he called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, speak for your servant hears. And the Lord began to speak to Samuel and he said, behold, I will do something in Israel at which both ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. It's going to get their attention. And in that day I will perform against Eli what I have all that I have spoken concerning his house from the beginning to the end. This tingling is not because of the excitement, but rather because there was a judgment that God was going to come or was going to come against Israel. And he says, For I told Eli, I told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knows, because his sons made themselves vile. He did not restrain them. And therefore, I've sworn to the I have sworn to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. So Samuel he laid down until the morning. He opened the doors of the house of the Lord, and Samuel was afraid to tell Eli the vision. But Eli called Samuel and he said, "Samuel, my son." And he answered, "Here I am." And he said, "What was the word that the Lord spoke to you? Don't hide it. Please don't hide it from me. God, do so to you." And more also if you hide anything from me of all the things that he said to you. And Samuel told him everything, and he hid nothing from him. And he said, it is the Lord. Let him do what seemeth good to him. So Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him. And he let none of his words fall to the ground. And all of Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, knew that Samuel had been established as a prophet of the Lord. Just a young boy. As he's growing up, they knew they could see somebody who had said yes to God. They saw somebody who responded to the voice of God. Last verse, verse 21. 
that the Lord appeared again in Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. Amen. If we could just lay your Bibles down, just lift up your hands one more time. I just want to come in agreement with the Lord right now in his word. In Jesus' name, Lord, I pray that you would help us today. God, that we would receive your word. God, that there would be somebody in this house, Lord, who would come in agreement with you. God, somebody, Lord, as you are speaking to them, Lord, that we would say yes. God, there would be somebody in this house right now. God, that as long as there are two or three that are gathered together and they are in your midst and they are agreed. God, that we would see a mighty work done, Lord, in this house. Lord, help me to be your mouthpiece in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. You can be seated. I don't come to you today with a perfectly polished message, but I do come with a message, which is to say yes to the Lord. Amen. God is coming today, and He wants somebody to agree with words that He has spoken into your life. God is asking for somebody to come in agreement with the things that He wants to come to pass in your life. I believe that in this house right now that there are prophecies that are waiting to come to pass, that there are destinies that are waiting to come to fruition, and it is only waiting for somebody to come in agreement with the Lord and to say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. God, you have called me, and God, you have promised the word of life unto me. God, you have promised things to me, and I will say yes. God is looking for somebody to say yes to him. We see this young boy, this young man Samuel, who at an early age, in fact, even before he was born, his mother had come to the temple and she was praying. She was uh, there when, uh, with, with Eli and uh, she was praying that God would give her a child. And so this child in which uh, she was, had been barren to this point and she was yearning to have a child and God promised her that she would have a child if she gave him back to the Lord. And this woman, Hannah, uh, this woman who was uh, crying out to God, wanting an answer from God, she said yes to God. She heard this, uh, she heard what uh, the, this promise was that she had made that was saying, God, if you give him to me, I will give him back to you. And in agreement with what God was speaking to her in her time of prayer, she said yes to the Lord. She said, yes, God, whatever, uh, whatever is necessary, God, if that's what it takes to give my son back to you for somebody else to raise him, God, I'll do whatever it takes. I want the promises that you have given to me, that you've spoken to me in this time of prayer. And so as time progressed, we do see that Hannah becomes preg pregnant with a child and at, uh, at an early age, she brings him back to the temple and she gives him to, uh, to Eli to raise her child there within the temple. This was uh, not a, a common thing that would happen in that day, but as we see, uh, this was the will of God because he was raising up a prophet that would be able to step into a time of drought, a time of spiritual drought in the nation of Israel. It was it said in our opening text that the word of the Lord was scarce in those days. That God was, uh, was trying to speak. It wasn't that God's mouth was shut. But it was that the people, they were not 
He allowing the word of the Lord to come to pass. The people were not coming in agreement with what God wanted to do. They were not saying yes to the words of God. They were not open to be obedient to all that God wanted to do in that day and in that hour. But there was a child, just a child, that when God began to speak to him, and there's something about that childlike, that childlike manner in which we ought to come to God. Jesus says, come to me all you little children, and he gathers them around, and then he looks out at all the adults and he says, unless you come to me as one of these little children, then you're going to be so limited. You're not going to be able to really tap into what I'm talking about with the kingdom of God. You're not really going to be able to access all that I want for you to be able to access. You're not really going to see the kingdom of God come from heaven to earth unless you come to me with that spirit of a child, with that temperament of a child, with that willingness to agree like a child might agree. Now, uh, now I have I have a two two year old right now in my house, and uh, and and I understand that uh, one of the uh, strongest words that he might say is no. And he is very forceful with his no. But I can also, uh, I can also uh, offer something to him uh, that he might want, something that might be a blessing to him, something like uh, a bag of Cheetos. Or, um, or if there's anybody in here who has uh, a little bit of candy uh, that, that you might be able to entice him with, something that might be a blessing to him, I can guarantee that he will come in agreement with you and he will come close to you and he will love on you and he may not leave you alone and until you give him another piece of candy. And, uh, and, and I don't believe that God is always dishing out pieces of candy and God is not always dishing out uh, things. But there are things that God is calling for us to come in agreement with him. And uh, he's looking for somebody who will uh, desire the things of God. He's looking for somebody who has a taste for the things of God. He's looking for somebody who has a little bit of faith for what God wants to accomplish. He's looking for somebody who might be able to dream a little bit about what God says. And might it actually be able to come to pass? Come on, there's something about when we come into this precious faith as a little babe in Christ. And you have all these dreams. You have all these things. I was, in fact, just talking to my wife uh, yesterday about youth ministry. And, and we work in this capacity uh, in youth ministry. And, and we're saying how, how, how much we love uh, you know, students in that age, middle school, high school, and just, and just their, um, and just their uh, desire, their, their, their belief that they can change the world. They believe they, they're not jaded. They're not. Uh, they, they they believe that that right now uh, that they uh, have a whole future. They have everything ahead of them where they can actually see a uh, you know a, a path that's wide open. That's that they can make a difference in the world. That even now I see students, and I believe that this generation is the greatest generation that is stepping forward and doing incredible things for God. That is seeing a revival. Bible in their schools. They are seeing God open doors for them. I, I, you know, I see it, you know, across the state. Students who are uh, who are doing things that I only dreamed about doing. I, I remember in high school, 
myself having dreams, uh, you know, about doing something great for God. And, and I'll, I'll be the first you know, to, to admit it, that I did not live those out in the present time when I was in high school. I, you know, I was one that I would talk to people about God, but I was not willing to be, uh, to truly live out boldly my faith and to really see an incredible, uh, you know, harvest in my high school. I believe that God it, you know, he had a plan that even then he wanted to use me, but I am seeing some of those things still come to pass. But today in our generation, I'm seeing high school students and middle school students and elementary school students who are getting into their schools and they're teaching and, and preaching the word of God. And they're seeing, they're seeing their friends being baptized. They're seeing... High school teachers come and being baptized. I see these reports all across our state of, of students who are going in and teaching Bible studies in their school after hours. And, and they're having uh, incredible revivals. Just one uh, a student, one, uh, uh, actually it was two young uh, boys, two young men in high school down in southern Indiana by Evansville that they, this past week, had 67 of their friends in a Bible study inside the school, amen, as they're preaching about the name of Jesus. And they're, they're having fun, but they're also, amen, talking about the great works of God. And they've had teachers from that meeting who have come, and they have come to church, and they have had their whole family come and be transformed because of what God is doing. Amen. Because of somebody who is willing to say yes. I've had, I've had so many testimonies of, of these people who in this day, in this hour, are saying yes to God, and God shows up. Now, what this gets to is we need to stop arguing with God. <laughs> we have a whole litany of reasons why it can't happen. We have a whole list of things why this actually is probably not going to happen. God, I know that you can do it, but it's probably not going to happen. There's, there's a whole lot of people. Now, now I see, I see you know, don't beat yourself up too much because there were some great men of God who they were the same as you. They were the same as you. You, you look at Jonah in Scripture. And Jonah, he was a prophet of God. He was the talk of the land. He was the one who delivered messages to the people of God all throughout Israel. And we don't see all of this in his ministry. It's not written about. Uh, really, only the failures of Jonah are written about. But it does say that he was a prophet. When we're introduced to him, that he was a prophet. And he was called, uh, when we read about him in the book, he was called to go outside of what he considered his calling. His calling, he believed, was to speak to the people of Israel. But God said, I want to open up a new door. I want to open up something else, and I want to call you to Nineveh. Now, Nineveh was outside the boundaries of God's people. These were not God's chosen people. And God said, I want you to go to them, and I want you to speak to them. And so, what did Jonah do? He began to run. He was the runner. You look at Jonah, and he was the runner. He ran as far away from Nineveh as he possibly could. Now, God got his attention. God put him in the belly of the whale. God spit him out right on the shores of Nineveh. He went in. He had revival. God was going to do a work. God was going to do it. And so it eventually came when he repented. And yet, and yet we see Jonah, and he was the runner. When God began to speak to him, he, began, he had all the excuses for why it couldn't happen.
And we have some runners here today. There are some runners here today that God has been speaking some things to you, and you've been running from them. There's a calling that God has on your life, and you've been running from it. There are some commitments that God has wanted you to make, and you you know that God wants you to do it, but you've been running from those commitments. There are some, some things that God wants you to shore up in your life, and you've been running from them. There are even some promises, some precious blessings that God wants to pour out in your life, and you are running from the very blessings that God says, and you're running and saying, no, that can't be for me because I've made too many mistakes. You're running from the very things that God wants to pour out. You're running from the open doors that God has for you. And I want somebody in this place who is running from God to just stop arguing with Him and come in agreement with Him and say yes to the Lord. Say yes to the Lord. You look at Gideon. Gideon was a general for God. He was a, a mighty man. We look at him as the one who led just a, a, you know, a, a small, very small contingent of warriors into a battle against a, a cre- huge army of the Midianites. And yet, what happened to Gideon? And we looked at this as confirmation for ourselves a lot of times and how Gideon operated in hearing the voice of the Lord. That's when God spoke to Gideon. Gideon, he said, all right, I need to make sure this is you, Lord. And so he had all these tests for God. He said, all right, I'm going to lay out the, the lamb's wool, and I'm going to put it on the ground. And then if I wake up in the morning and the, and the wool is wet and the, the ground is dry, then, God, it's you. And so what happened? See, he woke up in the morning, the wool was wet, the ground was dry. And what did Gideon do? He said, all right, God, I need to test you again. Let's just make sure one more time because I'm a nobody. When God first spoke to him, he was there. He was hiding. He was hiding in the mill press. He, he was afraid. And the, the angel of the Lord came to him and he said, no, 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 not me. You got somebody. You got, you got the wrong person. It can't be me. And so he's seeking a sign. And so, so again, he says, all right, this time I'm going to lay out the wool. And all the ground needs to be wet and the wool needs to be dry. And so he puts out the, the, the wall this time, and, and, and the ground is all wet, and the wall's dry. And he said, oh, God, I don't know about this. All right, I've, I've added two more signs, or these two signs that are here. Okay, uh, God, maybe I'll do this. Maybe I'll do it. But we have some sign seekers in this place today. And I'm not saying that it's not, it, it, not, not that it's, it's evil to, to set out signs, but there's some in this place who you're delaying God's promise because you won't just agree with it from the beginning. You're seeking all the signs, and you're saying, God, are you sure about this? Are you sure about this? Are you sure? And you're second-guessing God when all that God wants you to do is come in agreement with Him and say, yes, God, I will do what you've called me to do. God, I will come in agreement with the word that you've spoken in my life, and I'm not going to delay your promises by trying to test you over and over and doubting that what you really want to come to pass will come to pass through me. And that's a lot of the issue sometimes. We don't believe it can happen through me. Right? I believe that God can do it. I just doubt that God can do it through me. I know that God, He can do anything. He can do the impossible. But can He do it through me? Because who am I? How can it come to pass through me? But God, He wants us to just come in agreement with Him. And that comes uh, right to Moses, who is the disqualifier. And you look at Moses, and, and, and I could also point to him as a, as a man who did say yes to God. But when God first spoke to him out of that burning bush, Moses had all the reasons why he was not qualified to lead God's people. 
Now, if you look at anybody who was qualified, it was Moses. Moses grew up in the house of Pharaoh. He had the best education that you could ever have in leadership. He grew up in the best schools. Out of any of the Hebrews, Moses was the most qualified, but he still looked at himself and said, I am disqualified to do what you're calling me to do. He had every reason to say, God, I can't do this. I can't speak well enough. My, my, I try to open up my mouth, and all that comes out is a bunch of jumbled words. And I get up there, I'm not going to be able to speak. And he has all these reasons. You know, I ran away from Egypt because I had killed a man, and I can't go back there to Egypt. And God says, whatever I'm calling you to do, I'm going to qualify you to do it. I'm going to give you everything that you need. Stop coming up with the reasons why you can't do it. I'm there with you. I'm going to be with you. Come in agreement with somebody. Just say yes to the Lord. Somebody say yes to the Lord. Well, let's stop looking at the negative because there's a whole lot of negative examples we can look at, but there's a lot of examples of yes men as well. Because Noah, he said yes to the Lord. When God said, build me an ark, Noah said, yes, Lord, I'll do it. There's a whole lot of souls that need saved. And it may not make sense for me to start building an ark when it's never even rained on the earth. Nobody knows what I'm even talking about when I say that the windows of heaven are going to be opened up and the rainwater is going to come down and it's going to flood and they see me and they call me foolish but yes Lord yes Lord I'm going to trust you I'm not going to trust what my neighbor says I'm not going to trust what somebody else says and all those who persecute me I'll just say yes to the Lord Abraham said yes when God asked him to sacrifice his only son did it make sense it made no sense at all it didn't make a lick of sense for Abraham to march up that mountain with his son and to place him upon an altar. This was the son that God promised to Abraham. But yet Abraham, through faith, marched up on that mountain and he laid his son on that altar. And he said, yes, God, if you've asked me to do it, I'll do the hardest thing that I'll ever have to do in my life. And God saw the faith of a man who said yes to him and God provided for him a lamb that was stuck in the bushes. And and God provided it for him, not just a lamb, but the promises that would come to pass. Because God promised Abraham a long time ago that I'll make of you a nation. And out of that nation, all the earth shall be blessed. And from that promise that God made back then, when Abraham said yes to the Lord, the promises of God were poured out and all the earth is blessed. Even today that we are the sons and daughters of Abraham, that we are the spiritual sons sons and daughters of a man who said yes to God. God's looking for somebody to say yes to the Lord. Joseph said yes to God when God came down or, or when his brothers came and they beat him up and they threw him into a pit and they, they sold him into slavery. We see Joseph, he did not uh, he did not back away from the calling that God had on his life. Even when he was serving faithfully in the house of Potiphar and he was then thrown into prison, he still stayed faithful to God. When the butcher and the baker, or when, when they were, when the, not the butcher and the baker, that's the, the candlestick maker, all of that. That was another story. When the baker and the, the cupbearer came to him and he, he told them what they're, what their uh, dreams would mean, 
and they came to pass just as just as it happens or just as God revealed to him and they forgot him and he's still there in prison he said yes God I'll be faithful and God elevated him to the point that every dream that God has spoken to him throughout his life that it came to pass and he saw his brothers come to him one day and they knelt down before him and they were there and they didn't realize who he was and this man who had been faithful to God and said yes to God through every test and through every trial he was able to ask his ask a forgiveness or he was able to extend forgiveness to his brothers and he was asked uh, God was asking him to forgive his brothers for what they had done to him. And because of a man who said yes to God, step by step remaining faithful to God in the journey of his life, he was able to extend forgiveness to the ones who had beat him and sold him into slavery. You have a young lady who was living a promiscuous life. Her name was Rahab and she said yes when she was asked to hide the Israelite spies and to risk her own life in the lives of, their fam- of her family. But because she said yes to God, her family was spared when the walls of Jericho came down and Rahab became part of the lineage of Jesus Christ. That Rahab said yes to God and she was brought into a new family. She was brought in to a new uh, lineage that was... That was it, far outside of the lineage of Abraham or anything that she had known before. And God used her. You see, David, the greatest, the greatest king of Israel, the one who was a man after God's own heart. And we can look at examples of David when he failed, but David was also a man that he said yes to God whenever God called him to action. That David was called at a young age, uh, to go and to fight Goliath. Now, nobody, no man asked him to do this, but he felt it in his spirit. God was planting something in him. God was speaking a word to David. At a, as a young boy, God was saying, David, what are you going to do for me right now? Is there not a cause? Is there not something that you're connected to? Is there not something that you could stand for right now? I've been with you with the lion, and I've been with you with the bear. And I've protected you, and i made a way. Would you believe me? Would you be and come in agreement with me and say, yes, Lord, you'll be with me when I stand up against the giants? And God was with him, and he picked up those five stones, and he put them in a slingshot, and he threw that first stone and it hit the giant square in the head and he fell down and he came up with the sword of that giant and he cut off his head and he said yes Lord I will do whatever you have called me to do and he, he was elevated and then he was brought down and he was elevated again and he continued through his life to say yes to the Lord yes God whatever you would have me to do I will say yes There was a young lady, there was a young lady by the name of Esther, who Esther was brought, uh, she was was living in in Shushan, in this this, this Persian nation, this uh, Syrian nation, and uh, uh, she was there, and just a young orphan girl, Jewish girl, who was placed for such a time as this. We hear that word, but it was 
Uh, this is the story where that, that phrase comes from because Esther was placed in that day, in that hour, and she was picked out among all of the women to become the new queen uh, that would be betrothed to this, this king. And, and it was through her that uh, there became a time when all of the Jews were going to be exterminated because of this wicked man, Haman. But her uncle Mordecai came to her and revealed this plan to her. And he said, I know that it is you risking your life to go before the king and to reveal this plan, but God has placed you there for a reason. God has placed you in this palace for a reason. It's for such a time as this. And you can either say yes or you can say no and hide and you can be safe. But if you say yes, I can promise you that God is going to come through. That God will come through in this situation. And you see a young lady who she had to speak with all the boldness in her or she had to gather all the boldness that she had and to enter into the presence of the king and say that this wicked man Haman is going to kill my people. And when she did that, God came through. Esther said yes to the Lord. We see Daniel who said yes when God told him to, to, uh, to go and to bow down and to worship or not to bow down when the, when the king said uh, not to bow down to any other gods but Daniel he began just to continue to pray as he had previously and prayed to God and he was thrown into a lion's den because of it but God came through when Daniel said yes or we could go to the three Hebrew boys Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego who refused to bow they said yes to the Lord and God showed up you see the disciples who said yes when Jesus asked them to leave everything behind and follow him. You see Paul who said yes when God asked him to deliver the good news of Jesus to the Gentiles. Yes, 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 yes. See, all that God needs is for somebody to have faith in the house today. I pull all these examples because it's somebody who finally actually believed that what God was saying would come to pass. But it was not easy for them to say yes. It's not easy for Noah to build a boat and to have everybody ridiculing him. It's not easy for Abraham to march up that mountain with his son and to lay him on an altar. It was not easy for Joseph to continue saying yes through every trial and tribulation. It was not easy for Rahab to say yes to the Lord. It was not easy for David to face a, a, a giant. It was not easy for the disciples to leave everything behind. It was not easy for Paul to say yes and when, when he was so devoted to the cause in which he, was, he, he believed was right. But when they laid it down, God showed up. When they came in agreement... With God, God showed up, and he will do that in your life today. There's somebody right now who God is speaking to you just like God spoke to Samuel there as a young, young child. And as we look, if we go back to this young man Samuel, we see him. There are three things that we see that will be able to help us to trigger the yes reflex in our life. First of all, you need to be prepared, be ready to hear the voice of God. If you're here today and you're saying, I don't even know what I'm saying yes to. 
cut out some time in your life, or cut out some time in your day, every day, to pray. If you're saying, I, I don't know what I'm saying yes to, cut out some time in your day to read the Word of God. Because this is what we're saying yes to. It's in our time of prayer as God begins to speak to you. That's what you're coming in agreement with. There are things that God will begin to do as He's speaking to you that He's saying, I want for this to come to pass. I want you to begin to take some steps in this area. I want you to cut out this area, this this thing in your life so that you can be free to, to do my will. I want you to do this. And, and, and it's, it's not the same for you as it is for the person that's sitting next to you right now. But God wants to speak some things. Now the word is never going to change. And there's some promises in here that God wants to come to pass. But you need to be ready and be prepared. And you need to be listening. This is what Samuel found himself doing there in the dark, in the quiet. It wasn't when there was a loud the noise of the day. It wasn't when the, the temple was full of people. It was quiet. He was listening for the voice of God. His ears were open. And sometimes it's not about the busyness of all the other people around us, but it's the busyness of our own lives. And our lives can get so noisy at times that we drown out the voice of God. Our lives can cause us to be so distracted by other endeavors, by other things that, that we are not hearing. Uh, we're, we're not making time and space for God to be able to speak to us. Be listening for the voice of God. Allow Him to speak some things. Come on, there's, there's somebody that God right now is, is, is calling you to, to just pause for a little bit, to have, a, to have some Sabbath time, to have some rest, to have some time with Him where you're shut away with God. And he's, He can begin to speak some things. He can begin to download some things. There's somebody right now who God wants to birth a ministry. There's somebody right now who God's calling you to launch a church or to launch a, a, a ministry where you, it will take you all the way across the world. But I believe, come on, that if you do not make that time, that we can miss the yes. We can miss the very calling of God. We can miss the very things that God wants to do. And you'll never come in agreement with it because you've been too busy chasing things that God doesn't want you to chase. We need to be open to what God has to say. Now when God begins to speak, be open to what He has to say. It's not about doubting God. God reigns supreme. It's not about doubting myself. It's not about doubting just like Gideon did and saying, God, I need this test and that test and that test. If it is if it is God speaking something for you, let me use this as an example. If, if you feel a nudge to go pray for somebody, it's probably not the devil telling you to go pray for them. Now, if it's, if it's you just feeling like you need to go and speak some prophecy over somebody, we, let's, let's test the spirit. Let's make sure that what you're going to declare from your mouth that this is coming from God. But if it's just to go and to, to help somebody pray, I, it's not the devil that's saying that. You, can, you don't have to put God through a bunch of tests to make sure that this is going to be all right. God, God is the only one that's going to release you to go and to pray for somebody and to help the hurting and to go, come on, there's, there's a whole lot of hurting people that God wants you to go and help. And there's a whole lot of people in here who are capable of helping the hurting and the lost. And we sometimes try to qualify ourselves or disqualify ourselves and say, I don't have what it takes to help them. But God says, if I've called you to do it, then I will equip you to do it. 
I will equip you to do everything that I have called you to do. He doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. He qualifies you when he calls you. Amen. When we say yes to God, it may be hard. And God's, mm -hmm. can I have the music come? Man, I need to wrap this up. God's speaking to somebody here today. I know we've already had, amen, these altars full. We've already had people seeking the voice of God. But God wants to confirm something in somebody's heart right now. It may be hard. It may be unpopular. It may be uncomfortable. But God wants to confirm something in your heart. God wants to confirm something to you. And when he begins to speak, he's looking for you to have faith and to come in confirmation with him and to say yes to your will. Yes to your way. There was, there was a, a, an older gentleman, his name was, was Ananias. He lived... He lived in Damascus. Um, I'm sorry, he lived in, yes, yes, in, in Damascus. And this is the place where Saul of Tarsus was journeying to. And as he was on this journey, he was fully prepared to go and to throw every Christian, everyone who had uh, believed in Jesus Christ as their Savior, he was fully ready to throw them in prison, do whatever it took to extinguish this gospel. But on the way, God met Saul of Tarsus on that road, revealed himself to him. And he sent him to a, a man, sent him to a place. And God came to Ananias, who was at this place that God had sent Saul to. He says, I want you to go and meet this young man at the gate called Straight. His name is Saul. And Ananias says, I've heard about Saul. I know what he's coming here for. Why would you want me to meet him? As God began to download some things into Ananias' life, into his heart. He says, I've sent you as my servant to go meet my newest convert. The one that I'm going to change the world with. I need you to go and to welcome him. I need you to go. And to tell him of all the things that I have done for you and all the things that he is going to have to go through. And in fact, that's what Jesus says. As he speaks to Ananias, he says, I need you to go and to tell Paul or tell Saul of all the things that he is going to have to go through in this new journey, in this new calling that he is committing himself to. You're going to reveal to him that this is not going to be an easy path, but he is my chosen vessel. And he's going to bear my name to the Gentile nations and the children of Israel. And I will show him how many things that he's going to suffer. See, Ananias had a choice. Am I going to say yes? Or am I going to live in fear and doubt? On how many of us are presented with an option where we are either, it's either fear or doubt right now. It's either fear or doubt. Can I really trust what God's saying? Can I really trust that this is what God is speaking to me? Can I really trust? Can I really speak it out that I'm healed? Can I really speak it out 
that I have that job that God's promised me? Can I really speak it out? Come on, that's that the, the calling that God has placed upon my life. Everybody else looks around and they, they say, you're a fool thinking that you could do that. If God said it, it'll be done. Is there somebody in here who's living in the, in the, in the crossroads of fear and doubt and of faith and of calling? And God's speaking to you right now. Could we stand? Could we stand right now all around this place? And if you're at that crossroads right now where God has spoken some things into your life and you're not quite sure, you, you, you haven't wanted to fully embrace the things that God is, is, is calling you to. You don't have wanted to fully embrace the things that He is pressing you into and, and you're, you're doubting. You have some doubt that's lingering there. If that's you right now, if you could just make your way up to this altar right now. Amen. As a step of faith, as a vote of confidence in what God said is true. Amen. And what God has called you to that is going to come to pass, that God has a deeper, uh, greater calling for your life, that God is going, amen, to be like Ananias, and he is going to release somebody else. He's going to release a Saul today because you said yes. He's going to release a Saul because God is calling you to go and to minister to them. Come on, it might be, might not be that we read about Ananias over and over and over in Scripture, but this one time when he said yes, it impacted the church for all of eternity because Ananias said yes. Is there somebody here today who would say yes? There's somebody in here who would come in agreement with God? If if that's you, if you would just lift up a hand, amen. All all it takes is for you in Him. All it takes is for you in Him. Say yes, God. Yes, God, here I am. God, speak some things into my life. God, speak some direction. God, help me today, Lord, to be able to say yes to your will, yes to your way. God, I'm a chosen vessel. God, I'm not going to run like Jonah. I'm not going to doubt like Gideon. I'm not going to feel unqualified like Moses. God, I will say yes to you today. Amen. Let's give God some space to work in this house here right now.